To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now at Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply, in-store only, and 623.18. Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most, She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and think about something for a moment. We have light always surrounding us in the morning, in the evening. There's all these beautiful forces of light, and yet, do you know how life, light, can actually change your life and also get your inner GPS on track? Think about it for a moment. Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman is a pioneer in the fields of light, vision, and consciousness. He's authored numerous books, including Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Initially trained as an optometrist and vision scientist, Dr. Lieberman's life changed in 1976 after the miraculous healing of his eyesight. This led him to a deeper understanding of light and the science of life. An internationally respected public speaker, Dr. Lieberman shares his scientific and spiritual discoveries about light as the divine spark that guides our life's journey, entwining us with the unseen architect of all that is. He's addressed over 2,000 live audiences globally and has been endorsed by award-winning artists, Hall of Fame athletes, and luminaries in science, spirituality, and medicine. Dr. Lieberman is also the author of two other seminal books on light and vision and the developer of the first FDA-cleared medical device for vision improvement. His years of clinical research and direct experience have led Dr. Lieberman to a new philosophy of life that you can implement at home, resulting in the profound transformation of you that's rapid, significant, and permanent. Welcome, Dr. Lieberman. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, having me on your show today. It's a pleasure. So you had an you had an incident. We want to go back in time a little bit to 1976. You had some challenges with your vision, and then something happened that changed that. Can you share that with our listeners, please? Sure. Um, I uh, am trained <clears throat> as an optometrist as well as being a vision scientist. 
when I went into practice in 1973, what I immediately noticed from all the patients that were coming in is that everyone's eyes continually get worse. And nothing that we were doing professionally or that ophthalmologists were doing was changing that. And what became evident to me is if a problem continues to get worse, the solution we're implementing cannot possibly be the solution. Uh, I found this very important because vision deterioration is the biggest health epidemic on the planet. Very few of us, if any, are born needing glasses, but when you look around, pretty much everyone is wearing glasses or contact lenses of one type or another. Because that had happened to me, um, I was very intrigued with what could be done about this. And so in the early 70s, I started experimenting with my patients, with giving them reduced prescriptions, utilizing vision therapy exercises, and so on, to try to see if we could prevent vision deterioration possibly reverse it. I did some research that was published in peer-reviewed journals uh, in 1976, and the results of that research led me to do an experiment on myself to actually see if I could do something to improve my own eyesight, to reduce my own dependency upon glasses. And all the things that I tried were helpful. But then I had a very profound thing that happened one day. I had been meditating since 1971, and I had a daily meditation practice. And on one Sunday, I took my glasses off, I sat down, and I began to meditate. And somewhere in the midst of my experience, there was a sense that everything was clear. I don't know how to describe it to you, but one Um, there was an awareness of myself sitting in the room meditating. It was as if something was observing me in the room. At the time, I didn't know what the something was, but I was aware that on some level, something was seeing me sitting in the room meditating. And the other thing that I noticed is that everything was clear, not just optically clear, but the mind was quiet. And it was as if everything was known. This experience went on, uh, I guess, for close to 20 minutes. And then when I opened up my eyes, I was shocked because my eyesight was crystal clear. I mean, really crystal clear. And that wasn't something that was in my imagination because, as I mentioned before, I was an optometrist and also trained uh, as a vision scientist. I was so astounded by this experience that I got in my car. I drove to my office with my eyeglasses, which my license said I had to wear to drive. I had them on the seat next to me because... I could see all the license plates, the street signs, the billboards, and so on. I got to my office on this Sunday. I sat in my chair, and I started projecting a series of eye charts that I had never actually looked at before. And what I noticed is that I was consistently seeing 300% better than I normally saw without my glasses on. 
Now, this was a bit shocking because it was about a half an hour drive from my home to my office. So this had gone on now for about 45 minutes, and I didn't know what to make of it. So I decided to examine my own eyes as I did all of my patients to see if something had changed in my prescription. Because, of course, I was trained to believe that when the eyes get worse, the prescription gets stronger. So if I'm seeing 300% better, my prescription should have gotten weaker, even though I was led to believe that that's absolutely impossible. So I examined my own eyes, and when I finished the process, I come out from behind the instruments, waiting to see what the prescription is in, in the device, And lo and behold, the prescription in the device is almost exactly what was in my glasses. In other words, my eyesight had improved 300%, but my eyes had not changed at all. And at that point, I didn't know whether to be excited or to be terrified because I had no idea what had occurred and had no idea that anything like this could even occur. And so what that experience led me to realize is that whatever is seeing within us is something beyond our eyes. And if that kind of an experience had occurred for five minutes or an hour, you would say, wow, that's unbelievable. Can you tell me how that occurred or or show me? But I guess what I want to share with you today is I'm 70 and a half years old now. And that instantaneous change in my eyesight that occurred in 1976 has persisted through today. I wear no glasses for reading. I wear no glasses for distance. As you know, I recently came out with a new book, so... I spend all day working at a computer, reading books, doing research, and so on. So what I realized from that experience is that, one, we don't really understand the nature of seeing, and we may not understand much about other aspects of our health and wellness. The second thing that I discovered from that experience is that this idea that for things to change, we have to work at it and pay attention to it and practice it uh, is not actually the way things work. Change is designed to occur instantaneously as a function of an epiphany, uh, uh, some realization, a new way of seeing something like what happened to me. And so what it led me to realize is I didn't do anything for this experience to occur. And yet, it has persisted all by itself. And so, over the years, uh, and the subject of this new book, Luminous Life, is essentially about how to tap into that place where we begin to live without a net, where life becomes more effortless, and we begin to experience a deep level of contentment that is not related to things going our way or not going our way. So let me ask you a question, because many people meditate and and have spiritual experiences, and and often these people are wearing glasses or have 
have challenged eyesight in some way, shape, or form. What was it, sure. if if you even know, about your particular meditation or that experience that is different from from someone else who maybe has been even doing it longer, and and their eyesight, their sense of their their way of seeing, has still not shifted. It's a beautiful question, uh, and I'll try to answer it from a couple different angles. Uh, everyone is aware, including physicians and scientists, that we have a phenomenon called a spontaneous remission where all of a sudden someone who's suffering from some disorder, be it an eyesight disorder or a serious illness like cancer, that has been diagnosed in every possible way, all of a sudden has a miraculous-like event where that disorder is no longer there. My sense is that that is what happened to me. Now, just as we cannot explain spontaneous remission of cancer or some other disease, I don't claim to be able to be able to explain to you what occurred. But I am sure of a few things. One, it had nothing to do with whatever I was doing or not doing in my meditation. I'll tell you what I have come to know since that time. One of the biggest issues with vision is that we have a lot, not only vision, but life in general, is that we live according to our beliefs, what we think is right or not right. But if you go to a thesaurus and put the word belief in, you see that belief means the same as idea, thought, concept, or theory. If you then look up at the, the antonyms, the words that mean the opposite of belief, you are shocked to discover that one of the words that means the opposite of belief is truth. What I'm sharing <clears throat> is that our beliefs, which we think are true, are not truth. They're not ultimate truth. Science, for instance, we think is based on truth. It's not it's based on theories or ideas that are continually changing and evolving. Truth is something that occurs and doesn't change. It just remains. So how do I think this is related to your question? We believe we see with our eyes. And as long as we do that, what occurs is that when we strain and stress to see things or to read or to study and so on, the part of the body that we believe is what we see with begins to deteriorate, which is pretty much why we have an epidemic of eyesight deterioration. However, what I've come to realize is something else is actually going on, and I'll tell you how I know this. We all have physical sensations, and we all have mental activity that's going on all the time. Now, we all think that we are our body, and that the main part of us that identifies me from you is our ideas, our thoughts, our concepts, and so on, what we call our mind. But 
when one is experiencing the mind uh, being active with thought or with worry or with internal rehearsal, the only reason we're aware that that mental activity is occurring is because something is aware of it. Something is observing it. That's something that observing it, <clears throat> I believe, <clears throat> in fact, I know, is the same something that was observing me meditating in the room in 1976. That is the actual aspect of our humanity that sees and knows what is happening in life. As I began to realize that more and more, and started identifying my seeing with something beyond my eyes and beyond what we call the mind, that's when this shift occurred. And that uh, epiphany that I had in 1976 was profound because as a doctor and scientist, within an hour of that occurring, I knew that we were not seeing with our eyes. I knew that something else was the source of our seeing. And that sense of knowing is what I believe caused this shift to occur and to remain for 42 years. So I totally support that because I, I, I understand about how we, how we live, how we see, how, and, 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 through meditation, I, can, I actually have a sense of an, an observer that watches me. Not not just through meditation, through life, a, a being. It's it's me, but it's not me that watches, that sees, that observes, non-judgmentally, but just is there. At the same right. time, I'm one. I'm wondering. You, you've worked with other people. Have you been able to help them get to that same place of understanding and knowing and seeing? totally different way, in a more profound way, and not just with their eyes, but with their beingness, their being? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, first of all, this new book is all about what you just asked. Uh, it's, it deals exactly creating what I call, not creating, but experiencing a luminous life, which is not just the change in eyesight but it's a change in everything. That's the first thing. The second thing is I, what I do when I'm not speaking or writing books is I mentor a small number of individuals. And my work as a mentor is specifically, as best I can, to share with them the underpinnings of exactly what you are speaking about. Have I been able to successfully do that over the years? Absolutely. Not just with lay individuals, but with other eye doctors as well. In fact, my second book, Take Off Your Glasses and See, was not only based on this miraculous healing of my eyesight, but I have in there workshops that I've done for eye doctors where I have done real-time experiments with all of them, merely removing their glasses and considering some of these things that I'm sharing. And in this particular case, where there were 17 or 18 doctors in this workshop, 
the experiment was to see what is possible to shift within a 24-hour period. And I can tell you, and it's all in that book, that every single participant in the workshop had a statistically significant improvement in eyesight doing absolutely nothing at all but removing their glasses and considering the possibility of what I just shared with you. So yes, I've done this with lay individuals. I've done this with other eye doctors and other professionals because this is something I've been involved in for 45 years now and I've had the pleasure of working with more than 40,000 people. Good. I, I love that. I want to talk about a luminous life because I think that's interesting for our listeners. What does that mean, a luminous life, and how do we get there? Well, you know, if you look at um, images of um, great sages like people who were enlightened or awoke in some way, be it Jesus or Ramana Maharshi or the Buddha or any number of other people or saints, many of almost all the saints mentioned in the Bible, you'll notice that their pictorial representation consistently shows a halo around them. What mm. sometimes today we would call an aura uh, or a subtle energetic emanation. The reason those are there, those were not just artist depictions. Those were actually a representation of the fact that these people were literally bright. And if you look throughout history, people who are healthy and happy seem to shine. They seem to be bright. And what I've come to to recognize, because I've been a researcher in the field of light and phototherapy and chromotherapy for 40 years is I realize that our body runs on light, just like a plant and just like other animals. And that's just not my idea. That's a fact of science. All of our physiological functions are light-dependent, which means our body runs on light. The degree to which we are able to live effortlessly is the degree to which our body uses minimal energy which means the light that we take in like a plant is also exuded, it's released. And so we appear bright. And people have always been attracted to other individuals that seem to have awoken to a new realization. And there is a brightness about them that people can sense and sensitives can actually see. So for me, a luminous life is a life with a realization that life is designed to be effortless. To give you an example, I spent years I, working with children. Yes. No, what, I was you just want to going say to say, I, I, yeah, I, I, well, I have some people who are actually asking questions because they, they want to know more and we have a limited time. And I see all those and I ask. So um, somebody says, well, how do we do that? How do we get to that place of, of knowing and of realization and, and, of, and of being 
being engaged, I'm trying to read this here, being engaged in that luminous life, what is she saying? What do I need to do to to shift my focus so that I can be more light, embrace light, whatever? That's sort of like, I'm, I'm kind of translating a little bit here. The answer to her question or his question, uh, the answer is in the question. The person says, what do I need to do? That is the issue right there. We've all Not been to... conditioned to believe that, we, that there's something we have to do, and that something has to do with thinking differently or focusing differently or using the mind. And the point uh, which I make and share in many ways as a way of discovering in the new book is that this has nothing to do with that. All of our doing does not take us to this place. It has nothing to do with any doing. It's about recognizing that this source, this place, is what is noticing, as you said, non-judgmentally, I call it choicelessly with no point of view, what is noticing all this doing. So everybody says, well, Give me the exercise. What do I have to do? And so on. That entire theory has no basis in fact because there is no aspect of our physiology that is actually designed to initiate action. We're not designed to do. So all of the doing actually takes us away from this thing we're speaking about. I love it. <laughs> How does breath work with and maybe not work how how does breath and how do breath I'm trying to figure it out without the work part of it without more in the being sense how do breath and light go together in some way the, the beautiful question you see all of us or most of us believe that we are breathing we are not not only are we not breathing we do not pump our hearts, we do not pump our blood pressure, we do not cause our home hormones to release. All of these things are self-activating and self-regulating. We have nothing to do with them. Anybody can sit down, do a breathing exercise for five minutes, and perhaps lower their heart rate. But no one is going to continue doing that beyond a few minutes. And so everything goes back to autopilot, which is the way it's designed. Everything is occurring by itself. So in the book, I give a very simple one-minute uh, breathing experience. And the breathing experience has nothing to do with trying to breathe a certain way. It has to do with closing your eyes when you're sitting in the bathroom or before eating and just noticing and what is the first thing you immediately notice is that your body is a living balloon. It's continually expanding, and then it contracts, and then it expands and it contracts, just like your heart, your blood vessels, every gland, every organ, every cell, every cellular component, the earth itself, the solar system, the universe, everything that is is continually expanding and contracting. Why do I want to suggest 
that our listeners today notice that is because when you begin to notice that that is occurring almost like a background rhythm, a fundamental rhythm in our life, when you notice the rhythm, you will also notice what interrupts the rhythm. And awareness is curative. And so when we notice that, we also notice that every time there's, we begin to think, the breathing cycle halts. Every time we work on something, we try to do something, the breathing cycle halts. So these things that we have been conditioned to do because we say that's what we need to do to be successful in life, like what do I need to do? What, how can I refocus? How can I shift my belief? How do I create my reality? All these ways of saying the same thing actually put a wrench in the works. They actually interfere with the, effortless, the effortlessness of this process. And so the things that I share in the book, these little one-minute experiences, are not a way of teaching you a tool or a new technique All we're attempting to do is allowing the reader to notice something, to notice something that they may have not noticed before. In the noticing, the change begins to occur instantaneously. It is the awareness that creates the shift effortlessly, not the doing. I totally support that. So it's about that that initially it's that level of awareness in our beingness state without having to do anything or act in any particular way just to be there to experience as fully as we can whatever that momentary experience is. Is it possible, Dr. Lieberman, to take our listeners through a breathing exercise? I can do that. But before I do that, I want to share one more thing. Because you see, all of us think that this thing I'm speaking about is some new state that we're unaware of. And what I think, what I want to share is, we are hardwired with this. We come into the world in this state. Uh, Sigmund Freud, one of the most famous psychiatrist of all time said an infant resides in oceanic bliss why did he (laughs) say that because an infant doesn't know it's an infant an infant has no awareness that it exists separate from its mother or father an infant has no sense of gender has no idea about its skin color has no preferences Uh, it doesn't It comes in without any of these things. All of these ideas are conditioned into us. So first thing I want to share is this is our natural state. So it's not about learning something new. It's returning to what always was. Now, in terms of your request, it's very simple. If people will just close their eyes for a moment and just notice, don't, just notice whatever is going on. Onus, notice that the lungs, the belly, starts to expand. And then at a certain point, it starts to retract. Notice that that is going on all the time. 
Notice how occasionally you'll feel sensations in your body. Maybe you feel the sensation of your buttocks touching the chair beneath you or the back of the chair touching some part of your back. Perhaps occasionally you'll notice that you start thinking about something. There's nothing to do. The moment you notice it, your awareness will immediately go back to this expansion and contraction that is happening in the background all the time within the body. So you notice all these sensations in the body. You're also aware of this activity that occasionally is occurring in what you call the mind. What's noticing all that? That state, that field of awareness, is what is known as consciousness, pure consciousness. It has no point of view. It has no ideas or preferences. It has no voice. If you hear a voice, <clears throat> it is not pure consciousness. It is the activity of the mind. The mind is just the result of activity within the brain. What we call consciousness or awareness is that which notices what the brain and mind see and what the brain and mind knows. Consciousness or pure awareness is just an undescribed, undescribable presence that resides silently within us. I hope that helps. That that helps. Some, somebody's responding to that. Yes, I think that's beautiful. Now, people have an inner GPS, an inner guidance you know, guidance system, and, and oftentimes they think, based on what you're talking about, that they have to do something, they have to think about something, they have to take steps to shift it. How do we, and again, I keep coming up with that word work, how do we reset it, or, or do we need to reset Beautiful. it? To- you don't need to reset it. You merely need to notice the truth of what's actually occurring. So here's that's a beautiful question. Most of us think <clears throat> that we come up with good ideas in our life. I remember reading once that Einstein was being interviewed and the journalist said to him, Mr. Einstein, how did you discover the theory of relativity? Einstein immediately started laughing, and he said, I didn't do that. That came by itself while I was playing piano. Right. (laughs) Now, that's a beautiful example of what I would like to share with our audience today. All of these epiphanies, revelations, discoveries come to us free of charge when we are not looking. <clears throat> that many of them occur while we're sleeping. <clears throat> Excuse me, in our dreams 
or during our meditation or while we're sharing a, a wonderful meal at a restaurant, all of a sudden we have a brain, you know, it's like, oh my God. And we start writing on a napkin in the restaurant. And the person says, what happened? And they said, God, let me tell you the idea I just had. See, because the mind wants ownership. But we didn't have the idea. The idea had us. The epiphany you know, came I love to that. us. Because, charge. Right. So right. let me just finish this, this thought. So the, what comes to us is called inspiration. Inspiration is not just a new idea. It also has to do with breathing. So when we experience inspiration, it breathes life into us and into an epiphany. And that movement, that inspiration animation, when it becomes, uh, when, when the mind, the ego becomes aware of it, it does a couple things. It immediately tries to take ownership of it. It's my idea. But it also takes that inspiration and then begins to implement it into the world because the reason we receive that inspiration is because that has to do with fulfilling our reason for being, fulfilling our life's purpose. So every time we, ha we feel inspired about something, it is the intelligence of life subtly dropping something into our awareness when we become aware of it the inspiration begins to become implemented nothing to do it occurs by itself we merely take the baton given to us by the intelligence of life and then begin running with it because we're so excited you know i actually know that personally because it's true i have several of my books have come just that way like i like even something that i'm working on right yeah. now whereby i've awakened in the morning and and sort of i call it downloading all this information i'll just is already there and i'm just kind of just recording it in some way shape or form because it's it seems like it's just coming through me but but you're right when you say that that it ha you know it's 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 sort of giving us messages information as to what we're here to do you know this being that we're in this this shape this form whatever because um just and it's and it's very beautiful when that happens because when that happens just like you're saying it seems effortless it just right. it just it's oh it's just flowing and it's beautiful and it's like wow I couldn't have written that better if I tried because <laughs> I didn't have and, to and you know something I have had the pleasure of addressing more than two thousand audiences I just completed a twenty three city book tour and I do not prepare anything. I don't give it a thought. I don't have a PowerPoint. I, I just come and it comes by itself. And it isn't a skill that I've developed. It's something that I've uncovered that allows me to live without a net. And it's so touching and so humbling because I never feel like I'm doing it. 
I get to experience a miraculousness of life, an aspect of life that so deeply touches me into a state of humility. And that's the luminous life you asked about. And so it's not that, oh, he's enlightened or they've done this. It has nothing to do with us. It has to do with the whole miracle of life itself. And it's, it's very, very touching. And I hope that your listeners can understand why, what I can't quite say properly. Actually, you're doing a great job. So we're really out of time. What would you like our listeners to to be left with? And also, Dr. Lieberman, how can they buy this book that I'm holding in my hand and also find out more about you? The book is called Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Great title. Thank you. Um, the book can be purchased through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or anybody's favorite bookstore. We're not in the business of selling books. If people come to uh, my website, which is jacoblieberman.org, O-R-G, and Lieberman is spelled L-I-B as in boy, E-R-M-A-N. If they come to the website, uh, they can click on a book and it'll take them to Amazon or wherever they can purchase it. And I encourage them to look at the site. It's not a marketing site. We're not trying to sell you on things. We just want to share things that we we feel can touch humanity, can help humanity. Um, and they can look at that. If they're interested, they can sign up for we send out quarterly newsletters, which, again, are not marketing newsletters. They just share new things that we think are exciting, or they can follow us on our Facebook page and so on. Other than that, you know, I'm just grateful to have been here today and, and hope that I perhaps have shared just one thing that your listeners um, feel touched by and can in some way support them in their life's journey. I think you have and thank you so much and it's it's a beautiful experience that when you when you get to that place that you've been describing and that we experience where we're just we're not doing, we're just being and we're just allowing sensing that level of awareness that's just so very very beautiful. So, Dr. Lieberman, do we thank have you so time much. for me to? Do I have go time ahead. to share just one quick thing? Yes, go it ahead. is really important that it is really important that all of us realize that we all experience worry at times. That none of us is comfortable if, God forbid, we get a diagnosis we weren't expecting. None of us feel comfortable when we're low on money or when, God forbid, there's a break in a relationship, or we lose someone very near and dear to us. All of these things occur in our lives, and we all feel them regardless of who we are and how evolved we are or not. So that's the first thing that I want to share. All of us have these experiences, which means we're all in the same boat. Thank God we're all in the same boat. <laughs> Thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you for sharing, and have a beautiful day, Dr. Lieberman.
Thank you so much for having me as your guest, and let's do this sometime in the future. Yes, we will. Thanks again. So remember about not doing. It's not about doing. It's that level of awareness that Dr. Lieberman talked about that actually allows you to just even allows you to even experience you in a beautifully new way, and that's so important. We're shifting gears, and July 4th is a holiday. We're not having a show, but July 11th, I have a producer and a filmmaker, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Mian Moshan Zia, and he's going to be with us and sharing all of his beautiful insights. Remember that you have the ability to empower yourself, and maybe it's just by being, by realizing the vastness, the depths of who you are just by being who you are. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, docdocwhite.org. You'll find out more about upcoming shows, free downloads, free articles. And remember, take one step forward or breathe one step forward into your life. Have a blessed day. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. Why do some brakes sound like the screech of an eagle going in for the kill or a cinder block being dragged down the sidewalk? I'm Pep Boys Regional Vice President Tom Ballish, and while all brake systems make some noise, distinct sounds are an indication your system needs checked. Or the next sound could be... The Pep Boys Pros will inspect your entire brake system for free. Now, how does that sound? Plus, if you need new brakes, save up to $60 off Wagner Premium Brake Services now through July 1st. Includes free tire rotation. Only at Pep Boys. Offer after mail-in rebates. See restrictions at PepBoys.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.